Hello and welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm your host, Meg Berryman, and this is the Beyond Being Well podcast. Here at the show, we are passionate about helping you. Helping you build deep relationships with yourself, the earth, and others. Helping you foster a deep, embodied sense of well-being and empowerment. Helping you slow down, work sustainably, and consume mindfully. And helping you create social change from the inside out. So settle in, get cosy, and let's get straight on with the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is season three, episode two with Claire Foll. Before I introduce the wonderful Claire, I wanted to let you know that when I recorded the conversation with her, it was a code red down here in Victoria. It was so hot and a really apocalyptically scary day. And today I'm sitting in Um, all my layers and it's freezing outside and raining and still windy Um, but I guess both contexts are relevant to the conversation because Claire and I dive really deep on self-care in times of crises and we didn't actually intend the conversation to go the way it did but because we were both feeling deeply affected by what was happening in our climates Um, that's where the conversation went and I'm so glad that it did because the resulting chat is deep and vulnerable and raw and um, maybe goes into territory that you've been thinking or feeling but haven't explicitly talked to others about. And so my invitation is that if you listen to this conversation and it sparks something within you that really what I'm trying to do and I know others are too is to create these communities of care, um, to create a community of people that are deeply empathic and care about what's happening but also have a deep um, toolkit of practices and um, a community of people to call on when we do feel overwhelmed and so my invitation is to just take really good care of yourselves if anything in this conversation brings up um, fear or paralysis or um, yeah just big feelings is to find someone a listening partner to talk through it just so you don't feel so alone and I think that that in itself Fostering deep connections is something I'm trying to do in the school and something that I think in itself is all about creating regenerative culture and is going to in itself shift the collective consciousness. So that being said, I wanted to invite you explicitly to the Lead Her program, which the doors have opened now. They opened on Monday Um, So it's a 16-week self-empowerment program and what I'm really trying to do, I'll be straight up, is to create a community of people like me. I've always felt like a total weirdo, as in I'm deeply spiritual and intuitive, but also I really care about the world and I see personal development as really needing to go beyond the self if we're going to get anywhere. 
um, towards a more sustainable and kind and inclusive society. And so I built the school in the community just for my own needs <laughs> to have other women to talk about this stuff with. And it's flourishing into such a phenomenal um, and activating space um, for those who wish to step more fully into social leadership but who maybe don't have um, their self-worth yet or um, believe that they have gifts or skills that are worthy of um, sharing with the collective or maybe haven't revised um, or refined their social vision so they don't have a clear sense of the world that they do want to create and so therefore feel overwhelmed about where to start. So basically it's all about helping you deploy your gifts in support of a better tomorrow and helping you to develop a strong sense of vitality, deep connections and an unshakable sense of purpose. And I am so excited because the caliber of the four women that have stepped into the space um, is next level. And I can't wait to um, welcome another 10 of you in. We get started, school starts on January 18th. And you can find all the details at megberryman.com forward slash lead her. On with the episode. Today, I'm chatting with Claire Foll, who is the queen of self-care. She's a space holder, writer, speaker, and idea weaver in the self-care space. She's a mum of three girls, a wife, a daughter, a friend. Um, she's a P&D warrior, and she's always planning her next tattoo. She's one of those people that's like a sea person, and you know when you meet sea people that they're just drawn to be in the ocean, and um, she's kind of a mermaid in that sense, a steward of the ocean. And so I love meeting these kind of sea creatures because I'm not one. I'm a river girl and I'm an inland person and the sea scares me a little bit. <laughs> the seaweed scares me. So Claire talks a lot about the ocean and for those who are also drawn to the ocean, you're going to love um, how she incorporates the ocean into her rituals and practices throughout the day. So I'm just going to leave it there because I've said well enough. Here is my conversation with Claire. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Meg. So happy to be having another conversation with you. I feel like you're someone um, that's just come into my world recently, but I'm so grateful um, to have connected with you and just to have found someone that I feel is deeply aligned um, and supportive and embodying all the qualities that um, I think a, a leader does. So that being said, I would love to just hear um, how your body is feeling today, where you're at. Well, thank you, Meg. Um, that is such a mutual feeling as well. I um I love as we come more and more into into alignment and into truth and wholeness that we that I find more and more people um, to connect with. Um, and my body today, I'm here in Sydney, and it is a really smoky day, and it's the second or thought third really smoky day in a row, and so I can really feel that in my body, the, my, my throat's sore and my eyes are sore and my head feels foggy. 
Um, and it kind of occurred to me, I, I saw my kinesiologist yesterday and we were talking about um, kind of the smoke and how that ripples through our community. And also, you know, that, that on some level that our bodies are programmed, that smoke puts us into a state of alertness and, um, and so that that's kind of happening as well. I, I feel um, alert probably and a bit on edge. Um, and at the same time, I've just been down to the ocean for a swim because I really wanted to ground down and just kind of have that awareness of there's so much fire around how can I balance that in myself and how can I show up for this conversation um, as um, you know supporting myself to be here so yeah thank you for sharing I and I am right there with you we don't have smoke but we have a code red day here and uh, similarly I think what you described in terms of intuitively balancing out the elements within your system um, this morning I just took a lot of time to prepare the garden and the animals and just to check in with some friends whether they've got places to be today and I think it really centred this conversation that we're about to have was really coming through to me. Um, just that word care, you know, like how we care, how we care for ourselves in these times. And um, I'm really glad that we started there. So thank you. And I would love to invite you to share um, something I ask all the guests and that is, what is the change that you want to see in the world and how are you currently expressing that? What a beautiful question. Um, and I guess for me, what I feel, um, and it's something that after we had a day last week kind of really sorry we had a day last week where there was bushfires really um close and it was also really a really hot day and um here that is termed as a catastrophic day and um i kind of kept the kids home and we just went to our coolest room of the house and we just bunkered down and um i felt so afraid in that and then the next day was much cooler and they went to school and I went to the ocean which is where I'm kind of drawn to and I got there and I thought as I was writing that do I want to be spending these days in fear and, and sometimes that's unavoidable but there's also beauty in the midst of the fear. And I guess um, that's kind of, I guess the change that I want to see is being able to hold both that, that the reality is not all bad and it's not all good, but taking care of myself that I can uh, be able to see the beauty as well as, as the challenges and the fear. Um, 
and for me the action that does that is taking care of myself and self-response and I really kind of see that I, I know we've spoken before that it's an act of rebellion you know it's actually a huge act, act of activism if I can take care of myself that I show up as the best version of myself and you know I I kind of think if when I think about how I am when I take care of myself and that might look like a few minutes of tapping and meditation it may look like jumping in the ocean it may look like um, breathing deeply, having a coffee. It looks like lots of things. But how I am when I take care of myself is kind, patient, creative, kind of expanded, um, more likely to say yes and no. Um, and when I don't do those things, I definitely slide very quickly into a fear-driven and reactive and short-tempered version and and I just come back to God what the world needs now is more creative kind patient people I, I think we've got enough of reactive impatient quick tempered so that's where I kind of the change that I want to see and that it starts very small with me um, but that if the more of us who are doing that what a ripple that that can bring about Mm. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I just, I'm just so struck by this word care, self-care and how when you, when you take a step back and you think about the fact that we are teaching women care, (laughs) you kind of go, what happened? Like what went wrong that we, that we unlearned how to take care of ourselves, to care, to care for ourselves, you know, like it's such a, it just hit me in a different way this morning when I was thinking about it because it should be so innate as something that is in, in embodied within nature and is nature that we, that we intuitively know how to care for ourselves, you know, like the tree knows to move toward the sun and the tree knows to, to get its roots like where the water is. And yet we have lost that compass, I think, as women. So I'm just curious, A, how you got here to be doing this work and B, I guess your perspective on why we find it so difficult. Mm. So how I got here was I spent the first 29 years of my life um, getting through life really well by pushing and efforting um, and I think I was a pretty classic perfectionist, high-achieving, doing things from my head. And then I became a mum and I was completely cracked open. Um, I had none of the scaffolding around me that up until that point had kind of given me a sense of self. Um, and so it was this huge both spiritual 
awakening and it was postnatal depression um, and I had my first daughter, my second, my third and with each, um, around each birth I had postnatal depression again um, and each was kind of a different layer of it. Um, and people kept telling me to take care of myself and I kept screaming at them that that was the cruelest thing that they could ask me to do um, when I had such a limited sense of who I was to ask me to spend time with, with myself felt really impossible. And, um, and then something just shifted and I started not to take care of myself but to get to know myself. That was the first thing. Um, was to get to know myself and then that act of getting to know myself actually turned into taking care of myself and so as I start to re you know learn what do I like what makes me feel good I could do those things and and so now I look back and the past nine years have been some of the toughest, but also I would not change them. And so I would not want to take that experience off anyone because, as you so beautifully say, it's such a portal um, of change and of becoming. Um, but, you know, in the midst of it, it felt so lonely and dark. And I look back and self-care really was despite what I didn't want to know at the time, it really was kind of a a guiding light and so that's how I come to here doing this work um hoping that I can help women to like you said I to because I don't think we have to teach women to take care of themselves I think it's more of a reclaiming mm -hmm. and a remembering and as you were saying it saying why don't we know I kind of have this sense that we are such a force to be reckoned with when we are taking care of ourselves that that's a pretty good reason for someone to want us not to take care of ourselves. We are a much more malleable, convenient version of ourselves when we're not being taken care of, when we're busy and tired and we're much less likely to question the status quo. Um, to question why are we doing things this way? Why am I at home in an apartment by myself with a child rather than saying, is there a better way? Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of think that in the scheme of all these systems which have done such harm that um, that through that that's where we've kind of forgotten to take care of ourselves um, in order, you know, we've kind of swapped taking care of ourselves for well, I know for myself, for being busy, for working, for socialising, for drinking um, and then kind of starting to drop those and, and what am I left with? Mm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It just hit like a part of me that's so raw today mm. with um, what's going on outside and it just really struck me that these oh, just in the last month it's like we've there's been an acceptance of um, 
the pollution crisis on this next level and the fact that we can even articulate it in a podcast like I is in a podcast that you know by all accounts should be like light and us sharing like all of our green smoothies and like it's just it just really struck me how it's shifted like there's been a shift in how we're talking about it which is a really good shift because we're accepting it we're being real about it but when you said someone doesn't want us to take care of ourselves it just hit this part of me that my inner saboteur is is the queen of burnout because when I am resourced like I am have the force of a thousand suns you know like and I think for someone that's grown up being too much and having too much energy and too much um, efficiency and, and, you know, I think burnout is such an, a wonderful <laughs> sabotaging technique. Mm. I say that with utmost love and compassion. Mm. And I just love how you framed that and hit that part of me which really needed to hear that today and I'm sure others too. So I'm just curious as you're talking about how can we learn to take care of ourselves when there is no self because the self has been determined through relationship by others, like in relationship with others, and our self has been determined by an inner voice which is one of shame and unworthiness, I guess, which is the voice of patriarchy. So I wonder how we start to move through the story that we're not worthy of being taken care of because maybe we weren't from our families of origin or maybe we've never seen anyone else taking care of themselves. Yeah. That is a beautiful question and I think it's a big one. I often start with for myself and, and inviting others to write themselves a permission note, just saying I give myself permission, I am willing to take care of myself and that kind of sounds um small but actually like you said sometimes we we have not seen others take care of themselves or uh, it's not part of the what's been valued or shown to us and then on a really practical note for me it was about great questions um and saying you know asking just what did I love to do when I was a little kid? What did I, if I, if I could go and study something, what would it be? What am I really jealous when I hear someone else is doing? Um, If I could go on a retreat for four days about one thing, what would it be? What area of the library do I go to? I meet someone and they mention blah, blah, and I know this is one of my people. And just getting really curious and there's a a million, you know, there's an infinite number of these questions and just asking them over and over again just to start to quieten all the interference and get back to my, the heart, you know, um, and to me care and self-care, taking care of ourself, it's like a muscle. It's that connection into our heart and um, there can be a lot of kind of static and interference with that, but the more we work it, the more we 
exercise that muscle, the stronger it gets. Um, and so it's both the taking care and it's the curiosity to do that. And, and um, yeah, so it's those kind of both things. It's asking the question and then doing that thing. Um, yeah. It's, I like how you said it's, the, it's not just the action because I think that's what feels overwhelming. Mm. It's all the actions we should be doing, but it's even just hearing your story about each of the awakenings with each of your births and postpartum periods, there's even, it sounds like a step before the asking and that's a, an, ex, an acknowledging of your experience and not, wanting to change it like I've just been hearing a lot it's a classic you know when you were saying people telling you to take care of yourself like people really struggle to let women and we really struggle to let ourselves just be in our experience <laughs> with our feeling without needing to make it different and a classic is you know always I always hear just enjoy every day you know, because your kids are going to get older. And I'm, I know that on an intellectual level and, and also some days can be really hard. Totally. totally. So is there this acceptance, like there's this thing before even the asking, how would you describe that, what I'm trying to describe, you know? Uh, tell me if this is, is along those lines, but for me what's coming up is just naming emotions. And yeah. That's something that, you know, like I'm nine years into a really deep diving into all of this and um, I'm seeing a psychologist at the moment and we've gone back to naming emotions 101. Like um, a few months ago I kind of had this new bout of what I was calling depression. I was finding it hard to get out of bed and I was just exhausted and life felt really hard and so I started seeing a new psychologist and, and we just started talking about naming emotions and what emotions were safe to feel and um and I realized that as we teased this apart I would so quickly say I'm depressed because that gave me permission to stay in bed that day and as I started to name individual emotions I would say I'm sad and that was much easier to sit with and say, hmm, that's interesting. And so I've been over these last few months really teasing out this word of depression, which, at, you know, at times has been so helpful to me um, that just to know that what I was going through, I wasn't alone in, it had a name. But it also, I realised I put up this umbrella very quickly um, and so could start to, was at a point where I could kind of follow that and tease that out and, and work out the different components of what was making that up. Um, yeah, and so that kind of just being willing to sit with it and actually one morning I woke up and wasn't feeling great and had the just inspiration I need to get to the ocean that's a kind of daily practice for me um, 
and I sat there and a friend just happened to send me a boxer and in it she said, what if this is okay? What, she was talking about something else but just however you're feeling, name it and what if that is okay? And I just cried so much because it was the first time where I could say I don't, I feel sad and I don't need that to stop. Mm-hmm. I am whole in this. It's not something that needs to end in order for me to be okay. This is me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my hands are tingling as I say that. It just has allowed me to expand into so much more of myself to, you know, that set up statement when you're tapping. Even though I feel blah, 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 I love and accept myself unconditionally. It's just so powerful for me at the moment. I just sometimes do tapping and just say that. <laughs> That's everything. And you're right, it just sinks into my system in a, in a, in a way that's like because we live in it, we live in a binary culture, right? Like where we have to be one thing or the other and and we can't inhabit these areas of discomfort and we have to move out of it as quick as we can. And and for me, my postnatal anxiety awakening was really around accepting emotions and being able to care for myself in them because I never had that and that's okay you know and I think I was saying to a client this morning I love how you said just the quality of questions you ask is really how we can set ourselves up because I could hear in their experience just frustration around the pattern of busyness and really wanting to move beyond it and I was sharing, you know, what if, what if we could just be with the frustration as the top level of this and just be willing to open to that? And what if the question was not how can I stop being so busy but how is my busyness serving me? And mm-hmm. I think when you were talking about the sadness and, like, for me and I think for a lot of women, what I've had to learn to get my needs met is to create crises in mm. order to be willing to ask for what I need <laughs> because Absolutely. it has not felt safe to do so. Is that something that you see a lot as well? Totally, totally. And that's what I really could see in this just recently when I had this really low period was it was almost a, I couldn't give myself permission to just rest. I need to have a really terrible day and then I could stay in bed for it. And so it was like, oh, isn't that interesting? can I give myself permission to rest before I get to that point? You know, so that just, it, it, um, yes, that resonates so much that these creating crisis and even creating busyness um, in order to not, uh, very inverted commas, not have the time to do this I, I don't mm-hmm. have the time I am so busy do you know how busy I am do you know how much I do um in order to not have the time to take care to take care you know and it um uh, the, you know just that kind of filter down I have um like when we think of industrial revolution kind of what became valued was how many widgets you could make on the production line in an hour and so stopping to take care of yourself was was not valued and but 
being busy and making 20 widgets in an hour was and and so that kind of is there in our muscle memory you know it's really hard to to stop and just say how do I feel how do I really feel what do I need (laughs) what do I really need because these were questions that weren't um valued or convenient in in that kind of situation yeah and uh, it's it's something that I'm so passionate about is like moving us beyond a relationship with our bodies and ourselves that's transactional and then beyond our relationships with each other that is transactional and with the earth that is transactional and as you were talking the word catastrophic came back into my mind just around needing catastrophes to ask for what we need and actually I got a sense of relief thinking that maybe as a species like how we're responding to these extreme weather events like there is a deeper knowing that we need to make this catastrophic you know that the language needs to be that in order to get our needs but the needs of the planet meant as well and I think um I like to think of it always in that broader perspective of like learning to honour what we need and actually acknowledging that our bodies and our systems and nervous systems in particular are very pro-life, like they're very pro-well-being of us. And so they will always try and recalibrate as much as they can with, you know, trauma being a factor. And so if we really had the courage to follow that, the world would look really different and our relationships would look really different and how we were consuming would look really different. And so coming back to that statement of this being rebellion and activism of the highest um, calibre, you know, that this is, there is nothing more important than us connecting with the part of us that knows what we need um I don't know whether I have a question I just wonder what's coming up for you I agree Uh, yes I I love that that I kind of haven't had that framed like that that in just the same way that we need a catastrophe in order to be taken care of how beautiful to think or how hopeful the other earth is just like it's a catastrophe guys it actually is and that we can sit here and have trouble breathing and you know it look scary and that maybe that can wake up more of us and deepen our understanding and and therefore our action and care and and so that feels really interesting And also as you're talking, um, I I found this, something that I'd written yesterday and it was just about, it was about the act of care as remembering and connecting into my magnificence and, 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 but that I honour you doing that as well in order for you to claim your your magnificence and and that word that we've spoken about before of space in order to do that for myself and that I give you that space and that then we come together 
kind of takes my breath away as our most magnificent versions. Like, what happens then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exhausted, overwhelmed, busy, racing, chasing our tails, but in this shining, golden, knowing magnificence, like that feels pretty hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you're talking, I was reflecting that last night I had, um, my my husband was away and I had um, a mum friend over because that's what I do often when he's away is I just resource myself, you know, differently. And so we just had the kids and we're having a glass of wine and really pleasant evening and then my neighbour came over and said, I've got one of your chickens. And I said, well, it's not my chicken. And so suddenly like me and the friend and the neighbour we're like in this community of care for this chicken. (laughs) We were like, really? But we had the spaciousness to like respond to the missing chicken scenario with care and with love and with like reverence for that moment and that connection with each other. And as you're saying that, um, and, and anyway, I found out, I, I knew whose chicken it was and there was a lot of phone calls and, and driving to get the chicken and all of these things. And, um, and I just reflecting on number one, just the spaciousness and what that allows us to respond to and, and move into, but also just, that if we are resourced, then we have capacity to create these communities of care. And in my business, and I know you're the same, just really trying to build it in a way that is beyond transactional like nature and how important that is. And it is hopeful. And you're speaking, I have so much more hope, so thank you. Um, so... I'm conscious of time and I want to explore just one last facet to hear how this translates practically for you. I wonder what is a transition that you're in right now mm-hmm. and how within that you're establishing boundaries to take care of yourself and what that looks like on a really practical level. Mm-hmm. That is a great question and I'm like, I don't know, what am I in the middle of at the moment? I'm in the middle of life at the moment, I guess, is kind of the question, the the answer and uh, a friend so beautifully said to me, you know, we're in the middle of climate change disaster and, and can we get better at change is one of the kind of challenges and opportunities and invitations and as someone who loves, has loved routine and um, kind of knowing how things happen, I guess that's kind of a really something I'm dancing with at the moment is how can I get better at change? How can I get more comfortable with the discomfort, the discombobulation of change? Um, And to me it's... It, it really comes back to, like, I really do kind of think self-care is the meaning of life. Um, but it is something that I weave into the days. And so what it looks like is in the morning I do a couple of rounds of tapping and then meditate for 
seven minutes. So, you know, it's a 10-minute kind of practice, hopefully before I get out of bed, but, you know, life happens. Um, and I find that is one of the biggest things. If I can start the day with me rather than with someone else, um, then that really, for my heart, makes a huge difference. I've chosen myself first. For me, self-care is really that devotion to self. How can I choose myself? And then just weaving little moments. I, I really come back to this, like those questions, how am I? What do I need? And so even like just do I need to go into school and talk to people? Do I need kind of connection and a conversation or do I really not need that and I'll just drop the kids at the gate? And someone might be like, God, that's, is that a cop-out of self-care? But actually when I bring it back to that, I am being devoted to me and what I need and choosing myself. And if I can then really claim the nourishment of those small choices through the day, this is where I think it's it, it's a rebellion. It, it's not, I don't have to go and have a massage. I don't need to hand my power over to someone else. I just want these moments um, of self-care all through the day. And so today I knew I was going to have this beautiful conversation with you, so I dropped the kids off and then went and jumped in the ocean and came home and... Um, it's through the day, just touching base. How do I feel? I really do think that is just um, when I, as I start to, as I started to actually ask that question, it's amazing when you get past fine, overwhelmed, tired, busy. Those were kind of my surface level things. When I came on into that, oh, I feel quite anxious, but actually under anxious for me is excited um, or you know, tired, okay, what do I need here? Um, so really just just honouring that and doing that. And, yeah, like it's interesting you said about last night. For you, last night for me I was coming home with the kids. We had a late kinesiology appointment and I packed dinner to have somewhere along the way. And one of the, Lulu, my littlest, said, can we go to the park? I was like, no, we can't go to the park. And then I was like, you know what, let's stop and eat dinner at the park by the lake. And so we did. And it was just that space, you know, it took 20 minutes, but it was it was glorious. And while we were there, I climbed this high spider's web kind of equipment thing. And, you know, that took two minutes. But it was just... That's what I wanted to do. I needed just some playful, joyful snippets of self-care at that moment. And so I, that's what I did. I'm going to have so much more to give to the kids. And, and we got home and bedtime flowed so beautifully. And so, yeah, for me, it's that asking how I am, what I need, and then receiving that, that really active gratitude. Mm. Yes. Thank you for weaving in the receiving piece because I think it's so important. And I remember I, there was times in my life where I was doing so much self-care, in, in air quotes, self-care. 
doing a lot of activities in the name of self-care but wasn't receiving any of it and Mm -hmm. so needing to like do four times the amount (laughs) wasn't receiving just gentle words during the day from myself or others and a deep breath and like wasn't receiving any of that and I think to tie it all back to this idea of taking time throughout the day to digest and process and and uh, acknowledge and feel and ask that beautiful question that kind of is how we're going to thrive in the chaos because the chaos has always been here it's just now that um, we can't distract ourselves away from it. The chaos has always been there. We've never had control, but now we're just being kind of slapped in the face with it on a, on a monumental scale. And so I see self-care and the way that you frame it as such like the, the piece of being able to thrive in these days um, in deep reverence and support for each other and, um, and in in uh, motion rather than in paralysis yeah Mm. thank you for reflecting that and yes I think that's that's how I feel and I feel like that's what makes it sustainable as well you know that wherever we are we can take care of ourselves rather than handing that power you know saying this will come later like (laughs) I feel like most of the time I'm I'm driving along just tapping my finger tips is just like that constantly removing that stress reaction and um and allowing that to be and I agree. I, I mean for me just actually learning to receive um was a huge one and I, I've mentioned before, I'm not sure if to you, but like one time I was having a massage and two minutes into it I was like, I don't want this to end. And had this moment of inspiration. And so I lay there for the next 58 minutes just with just over and over, I am willing to receive, I am willing to receive. And so instead of just wanting it to keep going, just actually receiving the nourishment from it, like to to letting ourselves, to noticing the nourishment and receiving it and allowing that and really letting that seep in. And I think also just noticing that there's some things we think are self-care that actually don't nourish us and so really noticing what does make us feel expanded for me it's I'm here my hands are over my heart just you know there's things where it's like and noticing what that is and doing more of them Mm. it feels like there's just this whole other conversation we need to have one day about uh, retraining our nervous systems and that being an active, active activism because they, uh, as you were saying, that just the constant happening and like getting, reminding your system she's safe, mm-hmm. that's a really huge antidote to what's happening right now and so important as well for our kids mm-hmm. and how we're patterning their system. So thank you for reminding me and I'm just planting it here for a later date um, because I think our time is up, but I wanted to invite you to just share whatever else is in your experience that's come through that needs to be shared or transmitted before we finish, if there's if there's anything or whether you feel complete. I think the final thing that I always just love is when people are like, I'm already doing that. This feels kind of obvious. 
and they feel a little underwhelmed. They feel excited but underwhelmed. I'm like, yes, that's how I want you to feel. I don't want women to walk away going, God, I need to do more, but actually to be like, oh, I'm already doing that. Maybe I haven't called it self-care and to stop having to schedule it in, stop having to beat ourselves up about it, to stop feeling guilty about it and just to simply feel like all I have to do is choose myself all day long because of that uh, a rebellion. Mm. Yes, amplifying what's here, mm. which is which is in itself an act of rebellion because it's going against the culture of you need fixing. Mm-hmm. No one, no one, bloody needs fixing. <laughs> no one is not whole. There's not quarter people walking around. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, so on the same page. Thank you, Claire, for being here for sharing. Oh, just the depths of your wisdom and being willing to be open and vulnerable and I just think this conversation I'm so I'm so happy that it was today and I'm so um, grateful to have just had this conversation and shared it all widely so thank you thank you thank you Megan to me having the conversation listening to it that is self-care so thank you for that beautiful connection and opportunity Thank you.